Hi. I never trust that I have everything ready when we start. Yeah. I don't know why. It's a lot uh, of stuff. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff, but like one little thing, know, whatever works. Yeah, I know. Um, I got a. Do you got something? Or I got a quick something. You got a quick something. Go. Okay, quick something. Uh, this is work related. Okay. So I just started the in season program and the meal plan program. Yeah, I know. So for any humans that are interested in doing that, for all you guys listening, I made it for you guys. That's what it's for. Um, I would say between ages of fourteen to twenty three ish so from yeah yeah. so from like bantam major if you're in canada or whatever up until you're in college or or something like that most kids in that age haven't really done a meal plan thing before so i don't suggest it for kids younger than 14 just because you probably don't really care that much so it probably isn't worth it but if you're an exceptional person when you're young then feel free and the in-season program the, the the training program i also don't really recommend if you're under 14 just because I assume a certain level of experience and if yeah. you've never been in the, it's not a beginner's program yeah let's say that but for the people that did the off-season program it's the same kind of thing the workouts are very different but it's the same thing with the videos and all that so spent a lot of time doing that and then the meal plan thing um spending some time on that and it's funny to see what kids eat because people that have, have signed up i got one of our one of our guys i was doing his meal plan yesterday yeah and it's just it's not the kid's fault. They don't know what they're supposed to eat necessarily, but it's strange to me that they're never taught about any of this like basic stuff. Cause for the, it's nothing crazy. Like for, for the meal plans, I, I build them around what you already eat. So I just, I send out like a questionnaire. You have to fill the questionnaire out and I kind of build it based on your answers because I want it to be something you want to follow. I don't want it to be something that you makes you hate your life. Yeah, you don't want to have a list of can't eat this, can't yeah, eat this, right? can't eat this. Exactly. And everything has yeah. looks green and leafy. So just interrupting my own story, I had a kid yesterday saying he really likes eating waffles with Nutella <laughs> in the morning. And I'm like, okay. He was, so he said to me, kind of joking, kind of serious, like, yeah, just take that out. Like, take that out of my, I don't need to eat that. And you're probably right. You probably don't need to eat that. But if you really like eating that, then that's fine to a certain degree, especially at their age when they're all grown and whatever, but it can't be only that, yeah. right? It can't be just yeah. waffles and Nutella, like yeah. have a gram of protein or something, man, you know? So yeah. the way I explained it to the kids, we had an, a nice seminar in here last week when we were talking about it and I was saying you build around things you like to eat and it makes it easier for you to want to eat it. For sure. So anyways, I'm looking at some of the things that these kids are writing down on their questionnaire and it's just amazing to me the lack of any kind of idea of what they should be eating and they say it and from but it's from the parents right how parents have no idea what anyone should be eating either or how it's not taught in school or just basic or it's taught but it's looked over yeah right right? like like it could be a very interesting subject yeah like we had i remember in school i don't know about you but we had like two weeks of like health or whatever we had the basic the uh the basic food pyramid yeah that's what i I think it's still kicking around yeah yeah it's backwards yeah yeah seriously That's Just all. Get your get your bread and pasta and dairy products yeah. first. It's like nah. Yeah. <laughs> but but you know it's it's not like when when you talk about the uh, the eating, it's really I know that because you were dialed in at a younger age to being aware of things and and you educated yourself when you were young. But like in general, most people don't have that basic uh, information. Like food is food. 
and it's got to taste good and and um just really not understanding like i can't tell you how many people my age in the 50s and 40s they want to start cleaning up their diet as human beings not athletes and it'll be like oh all i had today was a toasted tomato sandwich it's like that's no good but they really think it's good because they're eating less and they didn't have anything really fattening like what's a whole grain bread let's say that sounds good and a tomato well it's where's your protein like protein is your first source. You have to have your protein. And so people will be like, uh, yeah, it's just, I'm, I'm trying. It's just, I, I, I'm not, it's not working for me. It's like, yeah, you're not eating enough, but you, but more importantly, you're not eating quality food. So parents, like it, of course it baffles our mind as, as people that are dialed into healthy choices and, and performance foods. Right. But they're your general people. It's not like parents are dumb. It's like, they just, it's ignorance, not in the bad, like ignorance, meaning lack of information. They just never put their time and in, in, uh, energy into understanding why food is important. And like, if you really think about it, like your cells in your body, the only thing they're there for is to absorb nutrients so that they can live and not die off. Well, that's important. That's where, that, that's what keeps you healthy. If you want healthy cells, you have a healthy life, right? So, but people don't think about food. It's like, you just eat what what's cheaper, and I get that, and um, and and what you know. So, and it's just so funny, right? Like when 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 adults, let's say, eat, um, it's it's pleasure, or they they already know I don't like that, or uh, I, if you look at a um, eating healthy, it's like it's almost like a negative. Eating healthy, it can't taste good, can't be good for you, it doesn't fill you up. And uh, but if you you know you just change your simple things, right? It's protein. It's quality carbs, quality fats, and, and, you know, but you have to get your protein. And I think that's number one where a lot of people miss, um, that's where they miss the mark is on quality protein, you know? Yeah. Well, I I was just going to say it doesn't, because with none of the, with these kids, that's the one thing I want to make sure people understand is that we don't take it to that level where we're like getting into the science and like all this stuff about it. It's very basic, like fundamental, make sure that you have everything present at every meal and you're eating balanced and you're eating good quality food. That's it. And it's including things that they already like to eat. Yeah. Right. Because I mean, it's, it's amazing. The lack of, I was, I was talking to somebody on the weekend and they were asking me how a pre-workout is different than steroids. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's just like anything about nutrition, people aren't taught the value of feeling good versus the mouth pleasure thing that we always talk about. And if, you can start to instill that, especially when you're an athlete, because it's so important, right? It's so, it's so important. And that's kind of why I started this program is because these kids have no idea. And they were constantly coming up and asking me questions and they want to do better and they want to learn about it and they want to improve how they're eating and whatever, yeah. but they just don't know yeah. or don't have the knowledge to do it. Right. Yeah. So, so anyways, that that's why I started that one. And I think that's, that's important. So if any, if any of you guys are interested in that or the in-season training program, uh, it's two workouts a week, just strength, maintenance, injury prevention stuff. Uh, the links are in our bio on our social channels, or you can get on our website. They're there if you are interested in doing that. And that is my plug to start. Yeah, well, your nutri- just to go one more thing on your nutrition plan, it's actually, um, I want to reiterate what you said about it a little bit from another angle, is I think it's a really good idea for kids just to be aware. Like when you're like at the 14 year old age, that's kind of good because 
you are old enough to make decisions and um, you don't have to be perfect. That's the number one thing. You don't have to be perfect. But to just to start thinking, oh, you're making huge gains if you just sit there and, you, and when you go to eat and say, okay, where's my protein? So if they just understand, oh, I need protein at this meal. So maybe you have your Nutella waffles, but you also have two eggs. Exactly. That's exactly what I said. Now, right? Yeah. So now you've got, you've got something, something yeah. that goes. And then maybe instead of the Nutella, you put berries on it. And it's like, it's like a, another alternative that's now you made a better choice. Yeah. So doing that over time, you, you have a little bit easier time cleaning up because you're more aware of what you're eating. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and the, the default too, just to keep talking about it is, uh, <laughs> is, people will always default or especially kids or even adults when they think about, I'm going to follow a meal plan or something, they right away think restrictive. Like I have to take away. And what I've done when I make these meal plans is I don't, I add because the thing is most of these kids don't eat enough. Don't eat enough. Yeah. So for me, I'd, I'm not looking to take away. I'm looking to add and I'm also not looking to make them hate their life or the, I'm not going to give them my meal plan and what I eat. Right. So I want them to like what they're eating. So I let them keep a little bit of the stuff that maybe isn't necessarily optimal, but it's about the adding like you're talking about, right? Add, if there's no protein at this meal, where's the protein, right? If you don't have, if you're not having a good carb source, where's the carbs, right? Where's the veggies? There's no veggies here. Like whatever it is that you're missing. And that's what I do. So I'll take your, like you said, the, our beefaroni is another one that I love. One of our guys, <laughs> beefaroni, dude. I used Loves to ask it. kids when, they, when I used to help out on the treadmill. Yeah. I used to ask every kid yeah, when they, they step eat, on and go, oh, what'd you eat today? And you'd yeah. hear like, oh, I had uh, hot dogs and crap. Like there were some hilarious oh, yeah. ones. Yeah, grilled cheese and french fries, yeah. whatever. Uh, yeah. And it's like, would you, would you drink? Pepsi? Yeah, Pepsi. <laughs> Pepsi. It's like you're seven, dude. But And this is the thing. It's just no awareness. They don't think about yeah. it, right? And the yeah. problem is, at least for the kids that I'm talking to, they want to, like, they have a goal, right? They want to do better, feel better, and perform better when they're playing their game. And the number one thing is going to be their their nutrition and their, well, their sleep and their nutrition. Those are the two biggest things that will lead to you feeling better on the ice. So one kid was asking me, he's like, man, like, I'm just feeling tired on the ice. And I'm like, oh, yeah? Like, what? how come? What, what do you think's going on? I'm like, how are you sleeping? Ask take them through the questionnaire, how you sleep in, how, like, whatever, how are you eating? Do you feel like you're out of shape? Like what? And I know they're not out of shape. Sure enough, he sends me his meal plan and he might be eating like 25, 2600 calories in the day where his maintenance level is probably close to 4,000. So it's like, dude, you're under eating like 1500 calories a day. Of course you're exhausted. Like, of course you're tired. Like you don't have enough nutrients to help yourself, you know? So it's like, they would do it anyways, if they had a little bit of awareness around what they're supposed to eat, you know? Yeah. Well, so. it was really funny this summer. When Charlie got home from golf, because we, we eat pretty healthy in general, but he really dialed in his uh, his um, eating, you know, due to you, writing his program and dialing it in. Yeah. And he was measuring his food and stuff. And, like, at first, there's a, there's two things, right? There's an excitement to do it, right? You know that. Yeah, it's like someone that goes to the gym. And yeah, you're motivated to start. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm going to do this every day. And then you actually might think you might even do more. And you get extreme about it, right? Yeah. So he wanted to get his containers to bring so that it was all portioned out and stuff. And meal plan and that was great the first week and then the amount of food that he was eating at first he was you could just see, see his face just going oh, yeah. eat more because he had to put on yeah. minimum five pounds yeah, five but pounds, more yeah. like 10 pounds yeah. to sustain him and the amount of like the rice or the oh, just, veg- so vegetables food, and the and the food my Crazy. wife would look and go my god yeah Crazy. but then after a little bit it was like nothing you just pound that so he increased his calories and you just get used to it and because you're you're 
the body's like an incinerator at that point, right? When you're burning calories, especially the way he burns calories. So it's it's a pretty interesting project to watch. And and the thing with nutrition is you're probably not going to be perfect. It's really hard. I know for me right now, uh, and we're pretty good. We're still pretty good, but we hit the road a little bit. Like we're gone three days, and it's like you're 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 gonna you just can't be perfect, you know. Or you get bored, and it's like yeah, let's go have something to eat, and boredom kicks in, and yeah, for sure, yeah. And that's why I even even in the meal plans that I give to the kids, I spell out like I give a probably two pages of questions like that, like mm-hmm. what happens if I can't stick to it or whatever. Yeah, because it's all that kind of stuff. It's not about being perfect, man. And yeah. We're trying to learn and try to have some awareness around what we're supposed to eat and all right. that kind of stuff. Right. So whether it's that or, or the working out, that's what it's about. It's about the progress. It's not about being perfect yeah. all the time. You're going to miss a workout. You're going to miss a meal. You're going to eat something you shouldn't eat. Like that stuff's going to happen, but it's about increasing your knowledge, right? That's not an excuse to not learn anything ever and yeah. to not get better at what you're getting better at, especially because you have a goal, like you want to improve, like that's what you say. So here's one, an easy yeah. way to do it, right? You have a lot of control over your workout habits and your eating habits so you might as well try to get better and learn some stuff about it right yeah. so and those workouts are great by the way yeah i think they're good i mean i, I would say that because i wrote no, they them, are they're but, awesome um yeah so anyways if again if you're interested in that they're there you can find them on the on the website or in the links are in our bio right there to to register for those which is cool um i'm good to go to the topic now if you are unless you have something else you want to say first what's your topic well i was going to start with this this question that i had about the um, elite prospects, hockey DB stuff. And then okay. I was going to lead you into talking, but do you have anything else you want to talk about or no? no? I'm good. You're good. So I got an email and so, from someone that listened to the podcast and he asked an interesting question that kind of leads into a little bit, kind of what we're talking about later today. Um, so he was asking me about elite prospects, hockey DB and these, um, kind of tracking sites where you have your points up and the games you played, what teams you played for and all that. So if anyone, if you don't know what elite prospects is or hockey DV, they're just basically player profile sites that show your stats and your games played and all that. And then they can show some team stats and, and whatever. So it's a little bit like a, an NHL.com for all the leagues that exist that are somewhat known from the AAA level all the way up to the NHL or whatever. So, uh, this guy just, he sent me an email and he asked, uh, my, co- my son is constantly pouring over elite prospects. A few of his teammates have updated their profile with photos, height, weight, date of birth, etc. I've checked it out and it's pretty extensive. So he said before he committed to his team this year, his coach was puzzled that he couldn't find his kid on this hockey, on these hockey databases that he uses. And he mentioned Instat, that's another one. He asked, he's basically just asking, what do you, what do you guys make of these things? So um he's not asking about like specific scouting services or websites but kind of what do you think about or what do you make of these like elite prospects hockey db type stuff because kids a lot of times even uh, i'll see kids in their instagram profile they'll have their elite prospects hockey link like to their personal profile like i have i don't know who makes them because i just have one but i didn't make it but there's one for everyone there's one for every hockey player kid and even on mine, like I have a, there's a picture on mine. It shows my stats for, for stuff. And it's like, I didn't do that. So I don't know who mm-hmm. did it, but mm-hmm. so they're out there and then kids mm-hmm. use them, right? They use them as like a promotional tool or, or whatever. So I think he's just kind of asking your, your general thoughts on um, sites like that, whether it's hockey DB or Lee prospects or whatever other ones that I'm sure are out there. Um, but for kids, let's say, or for, for uh, parents or how scouts use them or how teams might use them or, or whatever. 
So I'm answering this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, uh, you know. Yeah. 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 Whatever. Yeah. Um, this, this, this is the kind of stuff that means nothing to me. Um, a piece of paper doesn't really explain what a hockey player looks like unless he's the, the goals are, the, you know, the point totals are absolutely crazy. It's, it's like, whatever. Like, and who knows how, how accurate this stuff is anyways. Right. Yeah. Like number one. So in youth hockey, I can tell you right now, um, uh, for sure. You, if someone has 200 points, let's say, 100 goals and 100 assists, they probably have somewhere around 200 points, give or take, because someone sniveled and who knows who got the points right, right? Like, and, yeah. you know, if you got – so that, that I would say that kid's probably a, a, a point getter. If someone's got 15 points, then he's got somewhere between – 10 and 15, like give or take, right? Or 17 yeah. or 12 or something like that. So it's like somewhere in the vicinity because there's no ref in youth hockey that gets all the points correct. Yep. Because, uh, I mean, there's usually two or three refs on the ice, not four, and they, they don't have the guys upstairs taking stats like accurately. So who knows who even scored the goal half the time? Yep. That's the truth. So that's that. But, okay, so that's what you're going to get. So after that, what does it mean? I don't know. I honestly, I don't know. Um, so you had 12 goals, 24 assists. That's great. Like, I know that there are some people that will go and look at some of these sites just to see what in the vicinity, what type of player they have. So like, meaning if I'm play, if I live in Ontario and I want to go to BC to play and, and there's a junior team from a junior team out West that is they're going to look, well, let's see what kind of points he has in uh, junior B or yeah. midget or something like that. And it's like, oh, he's got 39 points or 78 points. Like 78 probably looks better. We'll probably take a better chance. Maybe there's something there to him. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it means nothing because the eye test and playing the game within the game in front of someone is what counts. So do people scout from, and I can't give you an honest a or a accurate answer on this. Do people scout from, your hockey DBs and stuff. Like, I don't think so. Maybe in Europe, when you're bringing guys over, they look there at your professional and junior totals that maybe that gives an indication if you can get points. But in general, like, I, I don't think people are scouting from the hockey DB. So no. the information that's on there, in my opinion, is not that important. So mm -hmm. it might be interesting as a player to see, oh, I'm on the internet. Right. And I've got points and where I stack up and I'm yeah. the top score, whatever that, that might be something that's interesting to a, an individual player. But as far as anyone else, I don't think it matters whatsoever. Yeah. You know, well, it's the, the, at best it's to me, it's just like a crude tool that some people might use in the circumstances that you're talking about. Right. Where it's like, yeah, I can check out who you played for and what you're doing. But it doesn't really give me an indication of how you play the game. And the biggest thing to me is it looks like, because I remember when I was a kid in high school and, and younger, when there's a, a website or something that you can use to show your points or how many people have viewed your profile or whatever it is, then it's just another one of those like ego being a beauty cool things, right? Where it doesn't actually mean much towards your actual game. And I'm sure somebody can find the exception of where someone was scouted off elite prospects and they ended up playing on some team and did great and whatever. But I'm talking about generally speaking, it's not, there's no one, no scouts that I talk to or that you talk to ever reference, oh, I saw their 
profile on elite prospects and it said that nobody says that so for kids especially it just turns into like a little bit of a hollywood show my profile well, the, kind the of thing, thing that the only thing in my opinion that if you look up a, a player all it shows you is his points which is and i know a lot of people think that that's the most important part of hockey but it's actually not so that's the that's the part it's like okay you got some points but no one knows why. Yeah, and you know what's funny about that? So we were talking about, the other day, we were talking about uh, Rick DiPietro. So if anyone doesn't remember him, he was like, he went first overall 2000 or 2001. He's a goalie. And we were talking about him because he's still getting paid on a contract since then, which is crazy, but that's another topic. But I was looking at, I was noticing, because we looked at his hockey DB, cause I was look, or his elite prospects, whichever one it was. And because you can see where he played and whatever, and I wanted to see where he ended up after he stopped playing the NHL. And his, he played for the... U.S. national development team before he got drafted, and his his stats weren't like crazy. It's like they were good, but they were very good. But they weren't like wow, this guy is Connor McDavid who had two hundred points when he played for the Marlies in his draft year. It's like that's not. It wasn't that. It was just these are good, good, good stats, and that is what it is. I could find fifteen other goalies that had stats like this that played for really good teams, right? So why did he get drafted first overall? It's not because of his stats, man. It's not because of his elite prospects or whatever. It's like when somebody went and watched him and when they played, it was like, oh, 100%. this guy's the real deal or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. So it's, that's one of those things that just like the media shit like we were talking about last week or whatever, it's one of those things you, you can just get caught up on that doesn't actually mean much. <laughs> yeah. And the smaller your world is, the more important something like that becomes, right? Yeah, I, so, I, I, I'm, I, just all those sites, I mean... I always, this is what I'll always say is people that have these sites, whether it's the hockey DB or it's a scouting report and all that stuff, it's someone's making a little bit of money somewhere and good for them. It's cool. And for some players, this is, uh, I'm not being negative. This is the highlight of their life is they get to be on hockey DB and someone or whatever it is. And they can see some, everyone in the world can see their stats and yeah. look at, I, I'm pretty cool or whatever. And that's cool. Like yeah. kids, kids, kids are into that stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was other people that I know that started sites where if you send them video, here's one, right? They'll, you send their vid videos of your games and they'll go out and get, uh, they'll send it out to colleges and stuff for you. It's like, same thing, right? It's like what, what, what a lot of people are, are hoping is that someone else will do the work for them or the reality of uh, like, you know, if scouts or people uh, aren't doing their job properly, they just need exposure. And, you know, everyone's missing the boat. So I got to find these different things to promote how great I am. But the reality is, is that there are people watching every day. And even even in Adam and Pee Wee, right? Yeah, or whatever they call it now, U6, U13, 12, U11, 8, 9, whatever. Everyone talks. Like what happens is everyone talks about the best players. Mm -hmm. Even though you're not getting scouted in U9 or U10, everyone's the talk, there's talk. Yeah. So people know in general who the best players are. It doesn't need to be on a piece of paper. Yeah. And then as you get older, it's, I mean, you're scouted. And do people miss? I mean, we've got one guy that skates with me right now on the junior team that uh, I've talked to a couple teams about because I think he's a good hockey player. And I asked him, I said, You didn't uh, play in Toronto? And uh, I said, did, did, What happened? Like, how come you didn't get drafted? I'm curious. Because I don't know. It's, kind of told i was gonna go in the fourth round third round fourth fifth round but never got drafted i said okay cool um i'll talk to a couple teams for you um apparently there's a couple schools that are pretty hot on him right now but then having said all that when he's doing stuff with me he looks really good 
but maybe in a game he's not when he presents himself mm-hmm. in practice. Yeah. So you can shoot the hell out of a puck. That's good. But do you get those chances in a game? Do you, does the whole game surround you know being a hockey player? Uh, are you what are you missing? Mm-hmm. So the scouting, the scouting part is the is the part. That's yeah. that's people have to see you live. Like all this other stuff is, uh, you know, I'm very very, I'm very almost negative on this stuff because it just doesn't matter. And my friends that are in the business agree with me 100. percent I've got one of my friends that's uh, Scotty Rex. We were just talking the other day, scouts for LA, and he, he said, "Oh, I forgot to tell you this." He listens to. He goes, "I look forward to listening to the podcast every Sunday." Really? Yeah, scouts cool. for LA, uh, great guy, and he he gives you some really good perspectives on uh, on scouting and stuff. Um, it's great. Yeah. Um, I was st- standing with uh, Glenn Wesley the other night at a game. Uh, you don't you don't really know him, eh? I don't know him. No, I know he played so and all that, but he is was my dr- NHL draft year, but he was a late birthday, um, so he ended up playing twenty years. In the NHL, and he's he's now a player development for St. Louis. So we had a couple connections there. We had a, we talked for one full game, and uh, really neat. Quietly, like not, I guess, just because he wasn't flashy, but he played fourteen hundred and thirty six games. I think it is. Yeah. That's a lot of hockey. Long, Twenty man. years. Asked him about injuries and stuff, and then just talked to him a little bit about what he sees and all that stuff. It's very interesting, like little things, right? So here's the thing, right? It meant nothing at in our conversation, but for me, it was like, this is what scouts see, okay? So, we're watching a game. It was Guelph against, who did they play the last game against? North Bay. And he was saying, he just, oh, geez, this, this guy's got to, he's got to get better handoffs there. That's what he noticed in a game. How many people are watching a game and watching a goalie uh, defenseman, defenseman goalie handoff? Right. Yeah. So he he sees little things like that, and that's just the experience, right? So that's sometimes you see you're never going to get that on a piece of paper that says he got 12 goals and 12 for sure. assists for sure. So it's yeah. really interesting, man. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say on it, just because we should move on, is uh, you mentioned the word exposure, which <clears throat> I want to stick on for a second because everyone's very worried about their like they need to get the most exposure possible, and what people need to understand if you're playing at a triple a or you're playing at the highest level in your area for your age or whatever you're getting exposure like you don't need to do any more than you're already doing unless you just you're not good enough if you're not good enough and you have to go shop yourself out places that, that just means you're not good enough because so i went to a game on sunday good enough you, right now yeah right now right so for the for the time that you're playing right now there's people there that are watching always yep. i was at a minor hockey game on sunday yeah scout talk to him for 20 minutes watching and you'd never know he was a scout he's got his he's about yay tall he's got a forwards hat on a puffy coat eating french fries you would never know he's a scout that's there to to actually he will be the one responsible for drafting players he's not like he's not the the area scout he's the head guy yeah (laughs) you'd never know he's a gm yeah right so you you wouldn't wouldn't even know yeah so he's uh he's there watching scouting these kids and this is a small market, like minor hockey team that where it's, we're not in Toronto. We're not in, but there's people there, man. And then that guy is going to talk, right? He's going to talk to whoever he talks to and you're going to get the exposure, right? So that's another element of the elite prospects thing. It's like, you think you need to update your profile picture and all this stuff because this is my, going to be my, my selling feature here. People are going to come and look at this and they might, but it's not, 
not because it's of a that. very 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 small component if any of what people even check out yeah. when they're coming to look for you you know yeah yeah so. the one of the things that i've heard this several times is this i think we've talked about this before is when people would ask me about uh you know does uh my son need an agent does does your son have an agent and all that stuff and i, I for the most before he was the year before he was drafted he did not have an agent and people were like oh but uh do you, are you going to get one? I'm like, yeah, when the time is right. And they said, well, yeah, but what about exposure and promotion? And if you think that a, a, an agent's there to promote you, that's not what they're there for because your yeah. promotion is every time you step on the ice, every time you practice. That's what, that's what, you're, that's what you're promoting. And yeah. if you can't promote yourself on the ice and having good games or having good habits, then no matter what an agent or someone says, the eye test is, uh, is number one, right? Yep, for sure. You got to impress people when you play. So you can yep. have tell people say, "Oh no, this guy's the greatest." But every time you watch him play, if he's average or he's missing a whole bunch of things, it's like, "Well, I can't do anything as an agent." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you yeah. know, you have so to play. You have and to that, be able to play. So all, the bottom line, it always comes down to you have to be a good player. That's yeah, the bottom line. I know, and that, that was the funny thing I was t- I was talking with that the general manager that was scouting there on the weekend. And every question he was asking me about the players he's watching had to do with, can they play the game? Are they good at hockey? They didn't care about their, what are their habits away from the rink? What are their, he didn't ask me about any of that. All that is secondary. It's first, when I'm watching kids this young, can they play or not? Could, can they play in our league one day? If they can't, then all the other stuff is, doesn't matter. They have to be able to play. And then we can worry about the other stuff after that, you know? So, and the, the other thing that's important to know is that there's a different, People have all different paths of getting to whatever higher level they are going to get to. It's not just going to come from one place or one thing or someone seeing some one thing that you did. It's like there's all different ways that you can take where someone might see you at a tournament. They might see you at home. They might see you a video of you, then whatever. Right. And that's what sparks their interest. So you don't need to get caught up in all this stupid extra stuff like setting up your player profile or whatever. Like you can do it if you want to, but if you think it's going to make or break what you're you as a player it just won't it doesn't really matter that much you know so i'm i'm good to segue now into that if you're ready yeah i'm ready for anything ready. Man. <laughs> <laughs> so this is another my christine idea she was uh she was saying it'd be interesting if we talked about some some players that we like that are in the nhl um and kind of just go through their their profile kind of where they came from and and the reason that that previous talk about the elite prospects kind of segues into what we're talking about is because I know you wrote a few players down that you like at each position, and it's interesting to see the track that all of them took, right? All of them obviously are really great players, but all very different paths getting to where they're getting to. So it's just a, a good little side or background thing to keep in mind when you're going through some of these players that you like is there's not one recipe, like we always say. There's not one way. All of them went different different directions and ended up in the same place. They all make different levels of, of money. They've all played for different lengths of time, different ages, different previous teams or whatever. So um, I want to go through a little bit of that because it'll be, it's cool, especially it'll get, be cool to get your perspective on the different types of players because you have a good selection of different kinds of guys where you can see the different roles and what guys' jobs are and how there's room for all of them and they're all needed. Yeah. And kind of in the NHL. Yeah. It's not just one guy or one type of guy. Yeah. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, that makes yeah. total sense. So I'll leave that with you to kind of take it however you want now. Okay. Yeah. So when I when I did this again, it was um when you when that the questions were asked to me, I'm like, 
you, you know, you can break down every guy and I'm just, I don't know every single player in the NHL. And if I was to watch uh, maybe Minnesota, well, for example, I left Marcus Foligno off the list who I really, really like because that's the type of player I like. He's yeah. rough. He's tough. He can put goals, put pucks in the net. He works hard. Like that's a complete player that I like, but I mean, like, so, so this isn't going to be my favorite players as far yeah. as like, I don't know, maybe it is. Yeah. <laughs> but these, I can only take so many like, because they're right. examples that I really, really like. So, and we can't stay here for five hours. Yeah, we can't so. stay here for five hours. I don't even know if this is interesting. But for <laughs> me, I like talking about stuff like this because it's just my perspective on why I, I like certain people. And uh, sometimes I have a bias because I know, like, for example, I'm not going to put Connor McDavid as the, my favorite centerman because he's actually not. Yeah, I think he is really, really fast and really, really skilled, and he does so many things that are incredible. But for the most part, um, and if would you want him on your team? Yeah, well, yes. Yeah, uh, you know he's going to be a top dog, but it's not. That's a hard path to even look and say, "Oh, okay, that that guy's." I'll try to be like Connor McDavid. It's just yeah. just not Connor McDavid. Mo- nobody. Yeah. So and then it's just not, that's not my favorite player. Mm-hmm. Right, so that's that's just a heads up. And yeah, and and yeah. guys like that. Of Although course, I do have one on here. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it seems it seems like I feel like we don't need to say it, but we need to say it. Like, this isn't a list of who we think are the best players in the NHL. Right. These are just guys we like for certain reasons. Yeah, because he, Connor McDavid's a good example. It's like he's not he's uninteresting because he's just so good at everything. Yeah. It's like okay, like you were the best, you were always the best, you were first overall, you got all the points all the time and yeah. now you're making all the big money in the NHL. It's like that's not a fun story yeah. to go through. It's yeah. just a very it's a stereotypical best guy story, which some of these other ones yeah. that you have are much more much more interesting. Yeah. Even the one big guy that you have is more interesting, yeah. so. Yeah, I agree. So I I started off with a goalie. Yeah. So because it's the least, uh, the, I have the least, uh, I'm the least qualified to talk about yeah, goalies. But least I'm relatable. Just say, yeah. The only reason I, I, I could say this is uh, like I, I picked Vasilevsky from Tampa uh, because he's huge. Yeah. I find him uh, very big, very agile. He's really good at second effort trying to make saves. I like second effort guys. Mm-hmm. So like, so that that makes, when you're, when you're putting in second effort all the time, that simply means that you're, um, you're competitive yep. and, and you don't give up and stuff. I feel like he has a presence. Like if you, if you know you're shooting on him, it's like, okay, he's probably in your head before uh, you're in his yep. and, uh, and just competes, competes, competes. And he's won. So that's, that's what I have. I mean, I, I don't really know. Um, that's the one that sticks out for me. Just a big competitive, yeah. good, agile, athletic, second effort, competitive. Oh, he's my age. Goalie I didn't with know the that. presence. Yeah. And so he came from Russia no. Um, he was much. Russia, so he's a he was a first rounder. In he was a first rounder, eh? Nineteenth yeah, overall in twenty twelve. So Interesting. He, so he played first rounder. Okay, but so th- what I'm gonna do, like you're gonna talk about what you like to talk about, but <laughs> what I'm gonna keep, what I'm gonna keep plugging to people is I'm gonna keep pointing out where people came from, like kind of a little bit about the path that they took because it's important for players to to see that and parents too, like that there's not just one track. You know, there's certain tracks that are more likely to land you certain places than others, but that doesn't mean it's the only way. So for a guy like Vasilevsky, don't even know what this minor hockey league was that he played in 2011, 2012. Then he got drafted in 2012 and played two years in the KHL before coming to the AHL. And then he worked his way up. So after getting drafted 19th overall, he played two years, two more years in Russia. So KHL is like the top Russian professional league and then played uh, 25 games in Syracuse in 2014 and then he 
moved up to Tampa where he didn't really play. He wasn't really the starter until 2016. No, that's right. So he, he, it's not like he came in and was like stud from day one and he came from Russia, which I don't know how often it is you get a goalie from Russia, but anyways. Flip so. a coin. He works his ass off. And it, even though he was a first round pick, if you look at the, the history of it, he's talented, works hard, but then he also took two years in the uh, KHL and a year in the minors to marinate to get himself better. Yeah. So even though he's like that talented and that big and that good, that's how hard it is yeah. to make the NHL, right? Yeah, and can, even after that, he still wasn't a starter he wasn't for a starter another right four away. years. It took right? a year yeah. or so before he became yeah. you know, in the playoffs, and he was like, okay, here he's, there he is. Yeah. It's like Shesterkin last year. He was like real good, man. Yeah. 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 Cool. So okay, there's one. My next, the next one we went with D. Mm-hmm. So this one's kind of obvious, but I, I really didn't, didn't really uh, have a choice. And now he's still kind of young in the league is uh, Kale McCarr. And uh, obviously like he's, he's incredible. His skating, his stick handling, his shooting, his playmaking, his vision, his, his defense is really good. His offense is really good. Skates elite. His puck skills are elite. He carries, uh, carries the game on his back, right? He's like, mm-hmm. people have compared him to Bobby Orr recently. And it's like, he's kind of that. Yeah. You know, um, he's not overly physical, but he he gets he doesn't have to be, but he's he gets in there, and uh, just really smart. So he played in the Alberta Junior League. That's what I really like about this, and it's not like a lot of people could say, well, um, that was a weird path, but not really because he was going to college anyways. So before he went to college, he couldn't play major junior. So he he played in the Alberta Junior League, which is uh, it, it's not a top tier junior league by any means, but he absolutely dominated that. So he was a first fourth overall, I think it was. Yeah, fourth overall in the NHL, but drafted from there. And then he played a year and a half or two years in uh, UMass Lowell, Lowell UMass Amherst, yeah. Amherst, yeah, yeah. and then uh, stepped into the playoffs and dominated right away. So so um, for him, he did he commit? Do you know if he committed to school before he started playing junior? Was I don't know one of those? about before. I think there's a t- age limit that you can. I don't think you can do yeah. it too early. Anyways. Yeah, true. Well, he's, yeah, he's a 98. So, anyways, so he played. That, that's a cool. That's he's a cool story though, because that that's a weird path for a fourth overall pick. He's out of the Alberta Junior League. Fourth yeah. overall. Yeah, right? I find it weird because not weird, but I find it interesting because the talent level is off the charts. Mm-hmm. Had to be. But yeah. you know, if you see highlights of his Alberta Junior League, like he was a stud, like unbelievable, like yeah. fourteen or 15, 15 or whatever. Yeah. So um, he's dominating. So somewhere in his mind, I'm sure, or I'm sure he had the Western teams. This is what I was going to say. Drafting right? him or, or taking a chance, maybe he'll come anyways. But if you're that good, you probably have a pretty good idea that by eighteen, nineteen, you're going to play in the NHL. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like after your draft, yeah. you're going to play in the NHL. And he chose to go to uh, college anyways. So, yeah, interesting. And, and, and I mean, obviously, he's he's not, not there's not a lot of uh, Kale McCars, but it's interesting to see he probably could have went and played in the Western League, and he didn't. Yeah. And he still is one of the best players in the NHL right now. He played in a, yeah. a the equivalent of our, basically our Junior B League here. It's the same Is thing. what it is. It's, it's the, the same, same thing. thing. Yeah. And then from there gets his division one scholarship and then goes to NHL from there. So you might like, this is one of the things that especially around here, guys get so caught up on their draft and all that stuff where it's like, I got to play in the OHL. I have to do this. And if they don't, it's just crushing and devastating. And, and 
it's just not necessary. Court, you have to be a good player. That's always the caveat to everything. It's not just, well, fine, I'll just go get a scholarship instead. <laughs> it's like, because yeah. a lot of kids think that yeah. too. Yeah. But it's not the worst thing ever if you don't play in the OHL or in the CHL somewhere or whatever. Yeah. Like there are other ways, you know, you got guys that get drafted out of the BCHL to go to, like they, to the, the twins last night were talking to me about uh, Penticton is talking to them a little bit for next year. Yeah. And uh, one of their guys, 05 on their team is supposed to be second or go second round this year or whatever in the NHL draft out of the yeah. BCHL. So it's like, there's no, yeah. there, it's not like you have to be in one place or there's yeah. one place to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, there's a couple of things with that is like, as we always say, is that you, you can't hide a good hockey player. Yeah. You just can't hide them. People yep. see the good hockey player. And then number two, not, you know, you would think <clears throat> when you're building a business, maybe you think that every, every move you make is critical to the next move, but that's not true. You can pivot. You're going to make mistakes or maybe that wasn't your best option, but the bottom line, like in business, if you work and you do certain things, you will have yeah. a certain amount of success. And it's the same thing in hockey. So not every single move has to be calculated. It's not one move is going to absolutely ruin you. Right. Right. So meaning, if you had the opportunity to go, you know, the path for most, let's say most kids around here is to go to the OHL or whatever. And uh, if you get there at 16, it's better than 17. Well, not necessarily. Yeah. It's, it's all these steps does, doesn't make a difference. What makes a difference is that you play well wherever you're at and you have good habits. Right. Yep. And if you do that and you excel at whatever level you are, that's your best option. Yeah. Because uh, honestly, at the end of the day, you know, I'm even looking at, kids I train and my son right now it's like you you think this will be the best path and it you know I'm, I have no I'm not saying anything negative about it but it's like maybe if we waited one more year maybe that would have been better yep maybe yeah I don't know yeah but it wouldn't hurt right you know and a lot of times it wouldn't but I don't know it's anyways it's a it's a thing you're not gonna you're not gonna ruin your career right. by making one bad move yeah or not a bad move a move that could have been better somewhere else. And the last thing I want to point out about him is he's 5'11", 187. Yeah. So well, that would be a smaller defenseman. Yeah, 100%. So he's Second a skate. little bit, a little bit, he's basically my my size. Yeah. A little bit shorter than me, a little bit less weight than me. And this guy's <clears throat> playing in the mix with guys like... Well, the best. Sorry, yeah. Eric Goodbranson, that's an absolute yeah. mammoth human, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's like... It's another thing that people, they get caught up in like, oh, I'm too small and, and this kind of stuff, especially as a D. And it's like, it's not necessarily the case that you have to be huge, yeah. right? It's like, you just have to have a skill set and have a type of a game that you play that you can excel at, right? There's not one frame that you have to have to be a defenseman either, right? Yeah, exactly. So, so I just want to touch on that yeah. too. Yeah. The next D that I had was uh, Jacob Truba. That's a nice one. I like him. Yeah, I don't, know a, lot of, like, I don't know a lot about like, him. Uh, when I say this, it's not like I analyze every little part of his game or anything like yeah. that. But when I initially see what he brings, <clears throat> um, you know, over the last couple of years, is it's he's he gets known for a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And one of the things he, he was named captain of uh, the New York Rangers. Um, but what I know is he's big and he's physical. And what you'll see with a guy like that is like he, it, you better be aware he makes you aware that he, that he's on the ice. If not, you're going to get cracked. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I love in a, in a player. It's not just that he's a good defender, which he is. It's not that he's just decent offensively, right? It's, it's, he's got that. And then also 
you better be aware because I'm going to take your head off. Yep. And not only is he going to, he's going to hit you hard. He's also going to fight you if you have to, if yep. he has to, or willing to fight you. So that's really good. He pushes. What I would say about him is he pushes the physical limits, mm-hmm. right? It's like he can hit, but then he can hammer you. Like I think he hits to hurt or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's ready to go. So I like that. Make keeps people really honest. Got a fairly good uh, offensive mind in my mind, and um, he's just good all around. Yeah. So his just to point out his path too. So he played a national development team in the U.S. and then he played at Michigan for one year, and then he was ninth overall in 2012. So. Yeah, he's also my age. So he's 6'3", 200. So he's a big body. And what's cool about a guy like this, like here's the thing about, because the size thing, like I just said with Kale McCarr, he's a smaller guy. You don't have to get caught up in the size necessarily. But if you are a bigger guy, it's very important that you try to use that as a tool to your advantage, you know? So there's, I was talking to a kid yesterday. So he plays, he's U16 right now. And I was watching him on the weekend and he's like, he's pretty raw. He's not like a, he's not a real skilled player. And I've watched him play the last few years. And then when I went and watched him play on Sunday, he was like a different player. Like I'd never seen him play like this before where he is just hammering guys, you know, and he's, he's a big kid. He's substantially bigger than me. His dad's a big boy. He'll probably be six, two, six, three, big kid and nice kid, just a nice kid. And I'm watching him play, running around like mean, like hitting people hard and not necessarily caring about anything else, like just running into guys. He's bringing and, one thing. Yeah. And, and that's okay. And, and this is what I was saying. I was like, if I'm a, if I'm a, if I'm a scout or if I'm a coach or a GM or whatever, watching, trying to pick a player out, I'm not saying he's going to be a, a high draft pick or anything like that. But it's like, if you see a little bit to his game that you like, but then he also hammers people. It's like maybe we can we can do something with this kid. Like maybe he's worth giving a shot. Like he plays a little bit rough and tough. It's a little bit different, but he's using that size that he has as a tool, right? So I was talking to him yesterday. He was here working out, and I was talking to him about it. And he goes, "I was like, I've never seen you play like that before. Like what what happened?" He's like, "I don't know." He's like, "I just like I'm bigger than everyone." So so he's like, "I feel like I can just do it, and it, like it makes me feel like I'm strong and that I can have an impact or whatever, without saying it in those terms necessarily, but." I was like, freaking right, man. Like, good for you. Like, tap into the tool that you have. You're given this tool. So, you know, you look at a guy like Truba, and it's like, yeah, he he has a little bit of an offensive capability as a defenseman. If you look at his points, like one of his uh, one of his best years, he had 50 points, like eight eight goals, 42 assists. His last year in yeah, his last year in Winnipeg, 58 penalty minutes, right? Plus eight. So it's like he's he's not just trying to be an offensive defenseman. He's like, yeah, I can play a little bit of offense, but because I bring that toughness element to the game, and I'm using my size to my advantage that makes me 10x more valuable to my team because i'm using that tool that i've just was blessed to have as yeah. six foot three yeah. you know what i mean so yeah well it's the, the the theme that i lay or the term that i use is they make it they have an impact in the game yeah and that's what i always say about guys that are just offensive mm-hmm. that's why you'll notice there's a theme here with everybody that i have is that they always have they leave a mark on a game typically every game and the offensive guys if they're not scoring, are they making an impact? That's that's the the question, and I'm not saying they don't or they right. do, but can you leave an impact in different ways? So that's that's those are typically the guys that I like. And so, like, think of the contrast. So contrast Kale McCarr to Jacob Truba, completely different, completely different. Both extremely valuable to their team in their own own right. You know, 
So it's like, okay, on my team, would I rather take Kale McCarr or Jacob Truba? It's like, well, if I already have a guy that's pretty skilled as a defenseman, maybe I don't need Kale McCarr and I'd rather take Truba. Vice versa. It's like if I already got Kale McCarr on my team or someone like him, maybe I need some rough and tough to play as a partner with, with Kale McCarr or whatever to fill in. He's going to run and gun, so I need somebody that hangs back, something yeah. like that, right? Yeah, for so sure. So there's, there's space for both, and that's a totally different kind of player. Yeah. you know. So For sure. So the next guy I have is Mackenzie Weger, and I really like him because um, he's, well, number one, I noticed him the first year he came in the league. I guess it was his first year. He was partnered with Aaron Eckblad. So Aaron's obviously a good friend of mine, so I was watching, who is this guy? And he got in a couple fights, had knocked a guy out, I think, and wasn't huge, wasn't huge. But I'm thinking, okay, this guy's just maybe meat and potato guy, and um, he's probably there just to, you know, kind of give Aaron a little bit of, muscle to play with and maybe to cover his ass defensively if Aaron gets caught up the ice maybe they're letting him free wheel a little bit and let this guy go turns out this guy was like really good he could run a power play and he's tough and he's uh he's tough as nails but he's he's um uh he's got really like pretty good uh, offensive instincts uh, obviously if you can run a power play uh tough as nails and uh hits fights not the biggest I think he's six feet yeah he's six feet and he moves the puck really well um, what I really like about him is that he was a late pick and uh, he he worked his way over the last four years or five years into a top D. So he signed this year as a seventh round pick from years ago, played in the queue. So I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, but yeah, so he played in the queue for Halifax, but before, but he's from Ottawa. So he's an Ontario boy. So I, if I'm, if I'm putting two to two to get two and two together, as a 16, 17-year-old kid in Ontario, he probably wasn't drafted. Maybe he was in the OHL. Um, or he was just totally looked over. So I'm assuming as a 16, 17-year-old kid, he wasn't the best player. Probably had a lot of heart and all that stuff, but he was kind of like, you know, nothing to get too excited. Maybe not a biggest defenseman, you know, whatever. Um, so I, that's what I love. He plays over 20 minutes a night, typically. Like, he was, he was playing a ton of... Uh, ton of hockey and he plays both sides of the puck really well and you can partner him with anybody because he's he's that good so i i like a guy like that like there's a guy that i look at and it's like if things aren't if things are it's a rough and tough game you can put him out there if it's a skill game you can put him up there you got to shut guys down you can put him out there if you, if you got if you need to get points or power play points or good offense you can put him out there you pull the goal you can put him out there you know i bet you if you had to put him on forward i bet you he'd be good at forward as well I really like this guy. He's making 67, I think he's making six and a half, seven million dollars a year now. Yeah. So he, okay. So he's probably my favorite guy that you picked just because of the path, which is so cool. So Mm -hmm. he's got another one that's my age. How about that? Well, you're at your prime hockey. I know. You should be be playing right now. Yeah, seriously. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So he was, uh, like you said, he's drafted seventh round, 206 overall in 2013. Okay. So listen to this guy's path. This is cool. So, like he's from Ottawa. So he played in the CCHL for two years. So his first year playing, he only played five games in his first season in 2010. This is in the CCHL. So for people that aren't from Ontario, there's the OHL. The next best junior league in Ontario is probably the OJ, right? OJHL, something like that. Yeah, maybe the CC. You think so? Yeah, they're, they're, they'd be... You think toss-up? I think it's not that far off. Uh, well, okay, well, I think reputation-wise, at least, then yeah. the OJ's Toronto's a little bit Toronto. better because tr- it's Toronto. Then CCHL and 
the leagues that start to come down more south after that. So this is like the arguably the third best junior league in Ontario. So he played his first year, only got five games. Second year, played the year, had less than a point a game as a defenseman, but 50 points, but 61 penalty minutes. So he's already like establishing that I got some offense and I got some rough and tough, right? From there, he went to the Q, like you said, which is an interesting move because he's probably probably had a Q team reach out to him and just said, hey, we'll give you a tryout. So it probably was something like that because that's he's passed his draft, right? His junior draft year would have been 2010. So he probably got an open tryout or a team that said, hey, come to camp or whatever. So he goes and makes the team, plays 62 games, 44 points, 58 penalty minutes in his first year in the queue. So there's a battle. So plays his two years, and then he's in AHL on the coast, then another two years in the AHL, and then he comes up to Florida. So 2017, 2018 was his first full season after getting drafted in 2013. So that's a four-year wait, and he scrapped through uh, – lower tier junior league in Ontario and then went to the queue because he maybe wasn't good enough or was overlooked to get a tryout in the OHL or to, yeah. for an OHL team to pick him up. Or maybe he was drafted, but just, they were like, yeah, yeah. see you later. Or what, or yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or that. Right. So, um, that's a, that's an interesting, an interesting path. So now you got him, uh, flying up through Florida. Now he's with Calgary, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he's, yeah, with Calgary. So yeah. now he's like a solidified top tier defenseman. Got his payday. Huge. Moving to Calgary. Yeah. He's, make, he's making out. Aaron Ekblad money. Yeah. Right. Right now, like Aaron's contract yeah. will be up in I think a couple of years. Yeah. But he's yeah. ma- making Aaron Ekblad money, and Aaron yeah. is considered like a top dog in the NHL. Yeah. And that's yeah. something, eh? Something, man. And yeah. there's a guy that he he you wouldn't you wouldn't even see him. Yeah. Right. Up until the last couple of years. Yeah. Right. So that's a yeah. good one. I like that one. Yeah, I love that one. I, I think he's a great player, and he's tough. That is tough. Tough, man. The Pims, man. It's nice yeah. to see the Pims. Yeah. Last, the last guy I just had to put in there because I like him so much is Victor Hedman. And uh, he's just a super talented guy. Second overall from Sweden. Big, all around, great. Can score, can defend. Plays huge, huge minutes. Runs a power play. Size makes him tough, tough to play against. Just that long reach. And he can skate and can shoot a puck. Uh, he's an elite passer. Not necessarily the most physical guy, but his his range is all and all that yeah. stuff does it allows him to not have to be. But mm-hmm. I, I I think the world of uh, Victor Hedman. Yeah. So for but for, a presence on the ice that is. Yeah. So this is the guy where so six seven two forty four. Yeah. Huge. Right. It's huge. But this is the guy that this is the defenseman that everybody wants to be. Yeah. Right. Like this is the guy that everyone thinks like if I'm going to be a good defenseman, I need to be Victor Hedman because he's like. Huge, the smooth skating, big reach, skilled, all that kind of stuff. And if you can be a Victor Hedman, that's awesome. But you don't have to be. And that's kind of what I want to point out. You're always going to find the Victor Hedman where it's like, this guy's just an absolute stud. Mm -hmm. But you don't have to be Victor Hedman. Like, if Mm -hmm. you can be, that's great. But this guy is like optimal in every way. Yeah. Right? Second overall pick, six foot seven, 244, plays pretty tough, has skill. Like, this guy had 85 points last year. A defenseman, he's incredible. Right? Like it's unbelievable. Yeah. So, I lo- obviously he's a great player, but he would be like he's a he's a close to a Connor McDavid of defensemen, right? Where it's yeah. just like he's so good. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's nice to it's nice to have the contrast that you can see between a guy like him. So he started off in Sweden, and then uh, went straight straight to the NHL, straight shot. I think his first year, two thousand nine, to play seventy four right? games right right off the hop. Yeah. Right. So. A lot of guys could work well. Everybody would work as hard as they possibly can, and you just 
Victor Hedman is just Victor Hedman. Yeah, that's it. Right? <laughs> just is what those. it is, man. Yeah. So at center, I would take Sidney Crosby, hands down. Love the guy. Love every single thing about his game. Um, I love the fact that he's like so competitive. He's so skilled. You'll see him and, and you'll see him battle and compete. I was just thinking about one of the quotes after an interview. There was like a big battle in Philadelphia and stuff. And they asked him an interview. And after the game, he goes, I don't like them. I don't like any of those guys. Like he's so competitive. Yeah. And it was like, uh, he wasn't even going to try to pretend to be nice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But anyways, he's so skilled. He's uh, been, uh, he's been a star from day one. And what I love about him is he continues to work on his game, even though he was a star. So this is the one of the things like, you know, when, when kids have a chance to, to, to work after practice or whatever, it's like the best, one of the best players ever to play the game. Uh, you know, years ago he was, uh, felt like his face-offs weren't good enough and he spent every day after practice working on face-offs. To, then he became one of the better ones in face-offs in the league. Mm-hmm. But he said, there's a gap I need to fix. So competitive, he needs to be the best at everything. I love watching him battle in corners. I love, love watching him battle through players, you know, going to the net and, you know, he'll be taking slashes. He'll be taking, uh, taking hits. He'll be having two, three guys hooking him and his feet are still moving. You love watching him coming out of corners, protecting pucks, making plays, shooting the puck, that backhand that's off the charts. Good. That's crazy. Like all of these yeah. things you put together and it's like, it's incredible. And I just love the fact that like the second effort, man, mm-hmm. that's what I like. That's what I find separates so many players is, is just the that will to to never give up and you know on loose pucks or whatever it's that second effort going to the net and you're still whacking at it uh, it's like Brendan Gallagher it's that second third effort that makes all the difference in the world and this is the, the one of the most extreme talented players ever to play the game I love it the other thing I like about this guy is uh, I, I said that uh, that he continues to work on his game which is great but the other thing I like is that you don't hear anything about Sidney Crosby. He's he's learned to like obviously he's got some good parents or people around him that uh, or maybe he's just really smart, but you don't hear any bullshit in the. Does he have social media? I don't know. He doesn't know. He doesn't have social media. He's not worried about that kind of stuff. He's just strictly focused on doing what he's supposed to do. And uh, I I, now listen. I'm positive that he goes out and has a good time, just like anybody else. But no one's gonna see it, right? He's got a whatever his policies are. He goes out there and nobody knows that uh, if he if he drinks 10 beers, you don't know if he has a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a dog friend, like what you don't know. <laughs> yeah. He just, his life is private and he's just focused on his uh, thing. So he can't be a bad example to people, to the kids and stuff like that. He just, he's he's the best. To me, he's just the best. Yeah. If I was to put anyone on the ice, I'd want Sidney Crosby. Yeah, I agree. I, the, the reason I like, because like I said at the start, you're talking about including a guy like McDavid or whatever on, the reason... Crosby's more interesting to me is because he's played now for 15 years yeah. where or more actually where you can yeah. you can look back on his career and how he's developed and how his game has changed yeah and he reminds me I wasn't necessarily old enough to pay attention but it reminds me of my guy growing up that I liked with Steve Eiserman how he had that shift from ultra skilled talent to uh, he's a winner and he's a leader right yeah. so he still has all that skill but now he's a winner and now he's a leader yeah. and this is why I will go toe to toe on a conversation <laughs> with like Crosby over McDavid any day. Yeah. Crosby's the guy because he's he's a proven winner. It's not just about his personal skill. If we're taking all things considered, not just how fast or how flashy are the points, but does this guy actually fully encompass what it means to be a professional hockey player? 
and Crosby hands down he's had he's like stood the test of time he's never involved in a scandal ever away from the rank I don't know one thing about this guy's personal I don't know what car nope. he drives I don't know where nope. he lives I don't know what his house looks like and maybe you can find some of those details and just watch his watching his game evolve to not just being the guy that goes through everyone and scores yeah but like blocking a shot getting in a fight winning all his face-offs his plus minus through the roof like all these different things that make him just such a great example of what the optimal professional hockey player is but from his game on the ice to his training off the ice to his behavior away from hockey all of that stuff is just he couldn't be a better example and that's why he's a more he's a more interesting person to look at because he's played and maybe mcdavid in 15 years will be like that where he's has yeah, a similar who story who knows for me for now this guy is is incredible no what question. i what i what i love what i love about him is that you know like everyone says he's the hardest working guy in the gym on the ice and it's not just words he's he's like like i said uh i think it was mike rupp talking about it played with him in pittsburgh i think it was him saying you know Sidney Crosby's the best guy in the world and he decided that his face-offs needed a lot of work and it was he'd spend every practice either yeah. before or after doing face-off after face-off after face-off like that's a little detail like if he, he could have just said well, I'm good enough yeah but like that's tedious yeah but yeah. That, that's little details that make him that much better but I just love that that work ethic man it's incredible so any guy that thinks thinks that you're doing more or doing a lot is you have to look at the best of the best. And this is what's interesting, right? You take someone that is so talented because like whether people want to believe it or not, I, I, he was a, a, a phenom coming up as a kid. Yeah, he was a great scoring ridiculous yeah. goals. So his, his, you probably have never seen a player like that in your life. Well, that's the stupid statement. No one's seen a player like that in his life. He's so could skate. He just had pure skill. So he would have made it on pure skill and had a good career anyways, but to see the effort that he puts in. So if you're a player that is kind of skilled or sort of skilled and you're not doing the work that he's putting in, you don't have a chance. You got the guy with that much skill and talent and doing the work. You have no chance against a guy like that. Yep. You never, you can never be that. So like if you're a middle of the pack guy or like a really good prospect or whatever coming up, if you don't have that work ethic, then, you just can't even compete in the same area as this guy. Yeah, for right? sure. It's huge. Yeah. And that's what that's why I like him as an example. More than more than just his on the ice play is like looking what he does everywhere outside of the game. That's where I think you can learn the most from a guy like that, right? Because there's a lot of guys that are super skilled. You look at Cros- Crosby level players, McDavid, o- Ovechkin, Matthews, whoever you want. They all are so skilled. You can learn a lot from their game, yeah. But this guy particularly away from his actual performance in the game, there's so much there that you can pick from that other guys don't have, you know, and that's why he's obviously a good one to, to include on the list. Yeah. So could I go to next? Yep. So wingers, I picked Tom Wilson, one of my favorite players in the NHL. Love him. Mo- a lot of people hate him. And I think it's either a love hate relationship. Um, so that's that first round in the NHL. He was a second round pick in the OHL to Plymouth Whalers played a couple years in the minors. But what, here's what I think about Tom Wilson. Big guy. He is big, and he is a problem. That's what I would say. He is a problem. He is a freaking nightmare, and he makes an impact in every single game. So, like, and that's and, and that's a big statement. He is a nightmare. And and um, 
here's where he's here's where he's why he's so good. He uh, he's obviously physical, and I I don't think he just hits the head. I think he actually doesn't mind hurting people, mm-hmm. and that's a that's an issue. That is an issue. Now that's the my, people might say, well, that's not right. That's you know you shouldn't try to hurt people. Well, he does. <laughs> he does. And if you're playing against him, then you have to have that in the back of your mind that he's coming down the railroad tracks. And he might feel like throwing an elbow in your face and ruining your life. Oh, well. But that's that's the nightmare that he is. But also, he can make plays and he can score goals. I remember there was a game in Toronto. I think it was last year. There's like a classic Tom Wilson. I, I believe he ran over a couple guys, like bad. Got in a fight, kicked the kicked the snot out of whoever it was, and then got just like a couple, one or two. He got the game winner, I believe, but he got a couple, um, couple goals that were just like to put that knife right in there and then twist it. And I think he's from Toronto, but like the, everyone hated him. But it's like that guy made the biggest impact in the game. And so you get sometimes you get a power forward that throws some hits, and that's a, that's an impact and that can fight, but. Rarely do you see a guy that could put 20, 30 goals in year after year and, and be able to, and takes care of his own business. Like he's not starting shit and waiting for someone else to finish it. He's always, um, he's always finishing. So not fun to play against at all. That guy is not fun to play against at all. That is what you call a nightmare. And uh, how many teams would like Tom Wilson on their team? As much as everyone says, you know, he's dirty, whatever. It's just you don't know what you're going to get, right? From as a, as an opposition, you don't know what you're going to get. It might be a clean hit. He might throw a knee out. Who, you know, he might get a little bit. He'll cross that line for sure. Um, his biggest thing that I don't even know it's a, if it's a detriment, like because he he he's always on the on crossing the line of getting suspended. So, but that's like part of the mystique. That's this part is, of the thing that yeah. makes you go. Gee, you don't know where he's going to go. That's why he's scary, right? Yeah. Because there guys that. Guys that are tough and play clean, it's one thing. But if there's that little element of it's like it's like cast, right? It's like this guy's got a screw loose. Like I don't know, this guy might bite me when we're fighting. Like I don't know what he's gonna do, right? So that unpredictability of what he's gonna do, that brings the next tier of of um fear to whoever he's playing against. And it's not just like a Brad Marchant where he's like cheap and dirty. It's like he plays a little bit dirty, but he's actually tough and he's actually big and plays hard. So it's like he still gets the respect. He where, can hurt you. Yes. Where <laughs> it's like other guys that kind of like the Sean Avery types that just run around and might throw a cheap shot. They don't have the same level of respect because it's like you're not actually tough. You're just cheap. Right. So if you get a guy like this, who he's 6'4", 220, the guy's a mammoth person. He plays seriously tough and he's a little bit reckless. So it's like you have to watch out for this guy, which that is part of the game and it comes with its negatives. I'm not saying there's no negative to that could cost the team could get a bad penalty. could be suspended. Could really hurt someone like all those are not great things, but for the style of play that he has, that's plays right into, into his role. And then the most important thing to me is that he still plays hockey. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So he's not your old school. You're good for nothing outside of fighting, right? He actually plays. So this is what we've we said when we answered that question. Guys are talk, asking us about power forwards. Like, what are some tips for power forwards? And Tom Wilson's a great example of not don't put yourself in the box of you just have to play rough and tough, straight lines, and finish your hits. Yes, you have to do that. But if you have an opportunity to do something in the game, playing the game, 
then do that. And that's, you can see that in his stats. Like he still gets his 20 goals, 20 assists every year. Like he's putting 40, 50 points up for the last, however many, five, six years. Yeah. But with his, his 100, 100 to 200 yeah, pims. His value, right? like that's a good player putting up those points, but his value is right. much, much, much more than that. Like impacts every single game. Yeah. And the, the thing is, is that if you're going, like he's injured this year, he's got, uh, what is it, hip? Yeah, he, he's off the roster. Yeah. How many times, every, every time someone's playing Washington Capitals, they're looking down the lineup, they're just, God, there's a night off. Yeah. Right? There's a, there's a night man. off. 100%. There's Absolutely. a night off from this guy. Yeah, I remember, I remember when, is gone. When last year when uh, uh, Jack I played in the OHL, it was like Same when thing. he every time he got suspended, you think the other teams weren't going. Oh, thank God! Yeah, I don't need this. I don't have to deal man. with them tonight. Yeah, yep. you know, Absolutely. his chirps, his stare, his yeah, whatever, just going me. in the corner, yeah. oh, questioning yeah. how hard am I going to go in that corner tonight? Mm-hmm. Right. So that's they, they get right in your head. Yeah, without yep. doing a thing, that's how much of an impact they have. So again, just going to point out the contrast. You go from Crosby to Tom Wilson, mm-hmm. right? So this might be another like interesting way of thinking about it. I've said this before. We've both said this before, but how many Crosbys can you have on your team? One. You can't really have like three Crosbys because there's not enough ice for three Crosbys. There's not that role can only be filled by one or two guys. Like if you go on on Edmonton, you got. You got McDavid and, and Dreisaitl. It's like, I can't really have another one of those guys on our team. One, because I probably can't afford it. And two, there's not enough puck touches for all these guys now, right? So these other roles are necessary, you know? So you get a guy like Tom Wilson that can come in or a guy that plays like Cass or whoever that's that type of player. They bring a different element. They don't need to have the puck all game, you know? So you throw a guy like that on the wing with, with your better players because they can play in that role. If you're going in, in, into a tough game where they they're normally on your top players, it's like okay, I'll put I'll put Tommy Tom Wilson with my top two guys, and we'll see how much you go after my top guy now, right? And so if you're a, a guy that maybe you're a little bit bigger or you play a little bit more physical, you don't necessarily even have to be bigger, but if you play a little bit more physical, here's a guy that you can try to be, and then you don't have to score. 50 goals a year like this is the other thing right i remember you were talking to chris draper about him kind of changing his role from being an offensive player to a defensive player and i think if i correct me if i'm wrong he said when they were playing the world juniors he had to shadow yager like he was lined up with Jeremy yager and he was just his job was to shut him down and now he didn't have to score all these goals and get all these points and that's actually in a way an easier job because it's like you if you don't score your 30 40 50 goals you're not going to get traded or cut or sat or whatever. It's like now you just need to play a hard defensive game and it's not dependent on you to be the guy that can score the goals. And that's better suited for certain types of players, right? So if you're a Tom Wilson, if he's the guy that you're banking on to get 40 goals, he's not going to do it. But he has that but he has that other thing where he can he can play the rough yeah. and tough and open up space for those other guys and that's yeah. like an essential well, thing you want to the, have, right? The thing with a guy like Tom Wilson is he might not have maybe a, a game where he's touching the puck a whole lot, but he can change the game in That's an right. instant with a huge hit right. or a huge hit or a fight yeah. or whatever. And it just uh, changes it and, and, mm. and all that stuff. I wanted to go back one. Uh, I forgot centerman. I added uh, Nazem Kadri there. Sure. Uh, and, and just, I'll be real quick about it, but of all the centermen, I love him. He's nasty, man. He hits like a truck. He's not the biggest guy in the world. I think he's six feet tall. Uh, Two way center. He can score. Tough as freaking nails, hits like a hits like a truck. He's an agitator, but he will not back down. 
He's tough, man, mm-hmm. and good at faceoffs. Can score goals. Can make plays. There's another guy that'll make a player uh, make an impact every single game. Another guy that will cross the line if he has to. He's been in, you know, get, got a lot of negative press in Toronto and his first year in Colorado for getting his suspensions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's nuts. He's nuts. He's a, he's a nightmare to play against, um, and he will be a problem. And he'll keep you on your toes. He will be a problem for you. Yeah. So here, I like I like Kadri too because he kind of changed his role. I don't know if you remember. You probably you must remember. Yeah, but I remember. you remember when? So he played in the when he was playing in the OHL. He was like skill guy. Yeah. Like he was skill guy. Yes. I don't remember. Maybe you do because I would have been too young. But do you? Was he? Did he have the yes. rough and tough yes. still? He still had it always. Yes. He okay. was tough as nails. Always. He used Even, to. A lot of guys said that like he, he, he shocking how hard he hits. Really? Okay. Hard, hard hitter. Okay. Yeah. Well, because he's yeah. he's six foot one eighty five. Like he's yeah. that's a solid body. Yeah. But I didn't. I wasn't sure if he always had the rough yep. and tough or yep. if he kind of changed it to be more of a focal point of his game when nope. he got to the NHL to nope. stick around. Same guy. So he still always yeah. played the same. Yeah. He had that's that. Cool. He had that edge to him. Yeah. That's so good. I really like him a lot. Especially yeah. as a yeah, I'd, I'd want that guy on my team every single day. Yeah, and uh, just to like highlight it again for the guys guys that are forwards, whether it's Tom because Ka- Kadri's another guy. Like, so if you look at Kadri, six foot one eighty five, he's not Tom Wilson, man. He's not six no. four. He's not two two twenty or two thirty or whatever, right? No. He's a would probably be an average size guy in the NHL. Yeah, very right? average. Six foot, like, yeah. yeah. So if you're the more elements of your game that you can develop, it's just the better off you're going to be. So. Nazem Kadri, who's a guy that was so skilled that he probably could have, like his last year in the in the OHL, he had 93 points, man. Yeah. Right? But he also had 105 penalty minutes. Told you he was rough and tough. Right? So, <laughs> yeah. So, and, but the year before, the reason I asked, because the year before, so he had 30 PIMS his first year, 50 his second, 30 his third year. And then his last year, it's like 105. Yeah. Right? So, regardless of how he did it, he brought this other aspect to his game where it's yeah. like, if he's not being a, uh, top point producer let's say he has this other thing that he can affect the game with right he can go and hammer guys and so if if you're not Crosby where it's like you're just so good that no matter what every game you're going to affect you're going to affect the outcome on the score sheet or offensively have something else yeah. have something else and Kadri, I think yeah. Kadri is probably the best example of that because he's great he's like a perfect blend of yeah. the two right I, where I he gets him. he gets like what do you have last year 87 points yeah 87 points last yeah. year right Great year with Colorado last year. Had 71 penalty minutes, though. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I can, I'll score. I, I, he had almost 30 goals. But yeah. then yeah. I'm going to go and I'm going to lay the body and have an impact physically as well. Yeah. So now now you can play up and down the lineup, right? Now you can play yeah. if you need a, a checking shift yeah. or whatever. You can do both of those things, it right? Impacts the game. Yeah. Impacts the game every game. Uh, as a winger, one of my favorite players, Alex Kalorn. Alex Tampa Kalorn. Bay. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay uh, Lightning. Um, here's a guy that I, I I always enjoyed watching him play since day one. Uh, I always found like he's that you know that he can play in the top six and you know that he can play in the bottom six. He's responsible defensively, offensively he contributes, throw the hits, block plays. But what I really like about him, he's uh, it's just it's all the little things. He's using big minutes, but it's the little things. I think we were talking about him in the playoffs. If you just watch, he's out there and like. Passes are, he's always a just disrupting a pass. Yeah. It's like, like really a lot of the times it's nothing flashy. It's like he, the guy's coming out and he just poke checks a puck away and and and, and just disrupt plays all day long. Mm-hmm. Then of course he can make plays. 
very smart player, could score goals, and um, he's just solid, 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 good forechecker, good stick, good off the wall, just everything they want in a player, but without all the flash, but he's, and he still gets his points. Um, two-way player. And then he's a Harvard guy. Yeah, that's what I was yeah, going to say. He yeah. played in Harvard, so he's, you know, obviously he's got a brain. And I just, I really like that guy as a, as a hockey player. I want him on my team. Yeah, and he, uh, I'm just looking at their, I'm, I'm trying to look up a little, some of their contracts. He's like a four million a year. Yeah, he's four and a half. Kadri, same thing, four and a half. And then I just want to check uh, Tom Wilson. I think he's five. Is he five? Yeah, he's not. He's not twenty-five. Yeah, five. Yeah. So, so here's another. Here's another thing, right? Like, so we're talking. If if we just focus on Kalorn, and he's got a cool path because he was an, a school guy, which is a little bit different. And he played four years at school too, so he wasn't like a two and out. Yeah. Like, so he went out. Did he? Where was he? Third round? Yes, yeah, so he's a third round pick. Yeah. He played all four years at school, though. Then played in the A, and then worked his yeah. way up. Same thing. He yeah. wasn't a straight shot, yeah. top tier guy. But so if you look at the game that that Kalorn plays or Kadri or Wilson, they make four and a half, five million dollars a year. Now it's not it's not ten like um, yeah. McDavid or eight point seven like Crosby or whatever, but you're making five million dollars a year without having to have the the pressure of being the the guy. The guy. Yeah. Right? That's a pretty nice life, man. It's amazing. Because like you can take you take some pressure off yourself a little bit that way because you can do some other things and you make your four and a half, five million dollars a year. Like mm-hmm. that's that's nothing to mm-hmm. that's nothing to sneeze at. Well yeah. <laughs> Well but this is what I'm this is what I'm saying is that for the kids that are parents even if you want to watch hockey players and stuff like that, it's it, Connor McDavid is not who you really want to watch. You want to be impressed and you can want to look at you can look at what he does but it's like understand that 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 type of game is not going to be you mm-hmm. pretty much a guarantee but if you watch a guy like alex Kalorn play like that's complete he's playing both ends of the ice you look at him hunt pucks and finish checks when he needs to off the wall it's all watch all the little things yes and you'll pick up a lot of what a good hockey player looks like yeah right he's not tom wilson type but he's like just that good solid intelligent move up and down the lineup no problem He's going to always make good money, mm-hmm. right? And I don't think, like, so when you look at guys like Crosby, McDavid, it's like, I know he keeps saying them, but I don't know, you can't, I don't care how much you practice, like, I don't care how much work you put in, I don't think you can just practice to be that good, no. right? No. I think there's an element of that, that's like some some just genetic talent that they just had because they're a little bit faster, they're a little bit more skilled in a certain way, they can just catch the puck a little bit better that they didn't necessarily earn. They mm-hmm. just had it, right? Yeah, so, I, I know what you mean. I never want to I, I never want to say that they didn't earn it because, uh, you know, what I, mean? I know you're not, I'm so not let me you out. Yeah, let me rephrase yeah. it because you're right. Let me, yeah. let me rephrase it. So if, if the work was me, there. So if I'm, if I'm 10 years old and Crosby's 10 years old and we do the exact same practice habits yeah. to a T, we live the same day, eat the same food, practice the same amount, Crosby's just going to be better than you. Yes. So that's, yes. maybe that's a yes. better way to yeah, say it. Yeah, that's a better way to so, say it. So he's, for for the kids, that's an important thing to know because these other guys, like Nazem Kadri or Kalorn or whatever, you can practice those. You can get really good at disrupting plays. Yeah, you oh, can get sure. you can get really good at winning faceoffs. Yeah. You can get really good at blocking yeah. shots. These are things that you can actually practice and get into your game. It's not the the thing that is so far out of reach because this is just like a guy that had something that not everyone has, yeah. right? You can practice up to the level of an Alex Kalorn or a Nazem yeah. Kadri or Tom Wilson. Yeah. It takes some balls. It takes some yeah. grit. And maybe maybe that 
in its own way is something that these guys just had that other people don't have. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's it. But it's a lot more realistic of something to accomplish to be really good at faceoffs than it is to be able to score three goals a game every game. Yeah, right? and like an, another element would be um, like why is Kadri good at blocking a shot? Like, what is the art of that? Yeah. Like, if you really think about it, it's like, oh, a guy should block shots. Well, I've, I've watched just a couple games over the weekend and uh, watching one of the players on Charlie's team, including him, getting in shot lanes, but not totally. Yep. So pucks get through. Okay. So that's a that's a skill. So that can be a skill that gets worked on, and that's a, something that will actually make you money. Learnable but skill. There's, there's nothing yeah. exciting about that. Well, mm-hmm. no, there actually is. But that's not uh, um, hours and hours and hours working in your backyard. Like, it's just learning how to get in shot. Like, those are little things, right? Right. So Yeah, and that's what I think is important when you look yeah. at those guys. Like, yeah. it's, a, it's a lot more realistic to me to – try to be one of those guys 100%. than it is to try to be a Crosby McDavid. Yeah, because everybody shoots for Crosby McDavid, you know? When I say this, it's not taken lightly. Like anybody can be Alex Kalorn because right. he's a, like the guy can skate, can Absolutely. shoot, can stick out. Like he went on the ice with, uh, well, he's in the NHL. That's all you need to know. Yeah. He's, there's a base, uh, there's a base level of hockey that is off the charts. Good. Right. But they play in the NHL consistently. It's like those other things that make them great. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So two last guys. This one will be a little bit quicker. Uh, Valerie Nishkushkin. Like it's even uh, the hardest name, thing to man. say. Yeah. Um, and I'm giving him, I, I like him based on last year's playoffs. Mm-hmm. So I'm not giving him like he's one of my favorite players, but based on last year's playoffs, I loved him. Uh, first rounder from Russia. Um, he's big. He's powerful. He's got skills. He's got scoring ability. Okay. But here's what I liked about him is from the playoffs last year, it was the way he hunted pucks. If you watch him in the playoffs, if anybody can go back and watch the uh, playoffs of uh, Valerie Nichishka, how do you say his freaking name? Uh, he was just relentless on hunting pucks. So that's the part that I liked about him. And he was obviously good off the walls and all those kind of things. He's physical enough, two-way player, um, created a ton of turnovers with his uh, puck pursuit. That's yep. what I loved about him. Yeah, that's awesome. He's a $6 million guy? Yeah. Is he now? $6 million. Yeah. Big boy. Yeah, he played. He had a great playoff. Yeah. The last guy I got to talk about today would be uh, Nikita Kucherov. And he's just like super skilled. But I, I, I don't want to not use him today because I actually love the way this guy plays. Um, this guy is one of the best players in the league, period. He's so intelligent. He's he's uh, second round in the NHL. Um, he's an elite shooter. I've, I've used uh, a lot of his clips. Like when I, when I was working with some of my uh, junior NHL guys, uh, there was a shot that I was teaching and they were like, ah, I don't really shoot like that. And I used Kucherov for an example because oh, yeah. he used this type of shot so many times. But he's an elite shooter, elite playmaker, elite skater, elite speed. Um, he looks like he's actually in slow motion sometimes, mm-hmm. but he's just so far ahead of the game. Uh, and, and slow motion is actually kind of fast because I think his brain's ahead of things. Yeah. Really good deception in his game. Like, you know, he'll be looking over here and the puck goes exactly where it's supposed to go over there. Yeah. And uh, I I like this guy, man. Yeah. Really good. He reminds me of uh, Datsuk, but better. Like, he's like Datsuk, but but it's that, that like, looks like he's not trying, but he <laughs> is. Yeah. That reminds yeah. me, t- like, t- textbook yeah. Datsuk, where it's like, He's just, he's got a good stick. He makes yeah. good passes. He doesn't even have to be looking. Yeah. Looks like he's not skating hard, even though he is. Yeah. Uh, he's a fun guy to watch, man. Yeah. He's a very interesting player. Not love a lot of guys him. play like that. Yeah, I love watching him on the power play. Like, yeah. he'll find that seam pass. And you know what's coming. It's like Ovechkin with the uh, 
Another with one the one team. time he scored, I watched a highlight of Ovechkin the other day, and he's it's so funny, man. They got a power play, and he's standing there with a the stick, kind of half up and half down, waiting for the pass. Yeah, everybody knows it's going. Then he gets it, and he puts it short side. It's short side. And it's like it's almost like is that the only way you score goals? Yeah, yeah. It's the exact same goal every time. Yeah. It's it's incredible. But anyways, uh, Kucherov on the on the power play when he's moving the puck around, it's like. Is he shooting or passing? You know, you actually know which one's coming, mm-hmm. and it's like the perfect pass, perfect shot, whatever. He's he's incredible. So I just wanted to throw him there because he, uh, I as a, there's a, almost a theme here. I like, for me, I like guys that make an impact in the game, not just on the score, the highlight reels, and and on the score sheet. I like guys that make an impact physically or, um, you know, defensively, like. In, in different ways, different ways but yeah. I had to put Kucherov in there because I just I think the very highly of him as a player so yeah so I want, I want you to give a little wrap up like a take-home message for like players parents whatever what what you think for as a wrap-up with all these different guys would it be just that but like the impact thing like finding a way to make an impact every shift without necessarily it being on the score sheet or like what's, yeah, your, what's your kind of take it's, home it's always my thing yeah it's always with my thing because you know, I'll, I'll watch some of the, like, I go to so many OHL games now, and I watch guys that, they're, they're point guys, and, like, but a lot of the game, they're invisible, right? So you get on a power play, you get three, four power plays in the game, they get their two points. It's like, that's good. You need good power play guys and stuff. But it's like, I didn't see you the rest of the game, whereas I'll see a kid playing in, whether it's through effort, through uh, through hits, through driving the nets, whatever, I see impacts made in the game and they don't have the, the numbers on the score sheets. And that's, to me, to me, you're going to, you're going to see those guys move on to the next level sooner than the guys that are just skill guys. Hmm. Here's the thing, right? I, I always, I always say this, like if your team's losing, let's say, why are you losing? Could it, is it because of skill? Yeah, it could be. But I think most often it's because of will. I find if you're an easy team to play against, you lose. I could. I, I find that if and this is as a player, right? If I if I have to go against someone that's going to actually battle me and make my life miserable, that's it's a game people like to play. But it's like okay, enough. So that's my thing. Is like if you can impact a game. Not just on the score sheet, which is important. Like, don't get me wrong, the offensive ability is is critical. It's because, like most guys that play in the NHL, they got points in the OHL or whatever. Like, you you are you're that good of a player. You might have a 35, 40 goal score from junior, go to the NHL, and they're getting twelve or six goals, right? So, but so the offensive ability is there. But what else are you bringing to the game? And to me, it's like I like that physical or that that second effort stuff. And, and hard to play against. If you can find a way to be really, really tough to play against, then you, uh, you're you making an impact in the game without scoring goals. And I think that's, to me, people could always remember that. How am I going to make an impact in the, in the game? How am I going to be a problem for the other team every single night? And you, I could call you a nightmare, but a nightmare doesn't have to be because you're beating the living snot out of people every night. A nightmare could be just because of your relentless defense, D-zone uh, effort or your relentless four checks. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So that's 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 what I would say is like affect the game in a in a different way. Awesome, man. That's a great way to close it up. So we'll see you guys next week.